0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: I'm going to start off with a story that one woman has been brave enough to share. And Pakua was in her early 50s when she attended a meeting at the Ministry of Justice in Vanuatu. It was a very important meeting. And she hadn't seen her period in a few months Oh my gosh, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, it's so crazy. I remember it and I'm going to share it with you now. I was in the middle of the table and around the table, the, the person next to me is a guy and the person next to me on my left is a guy. And there were like three women at the table and the rest of them were men. And, um, and the chairperson was a man. And, uh, you know, I felt that. Like, I felt just, you know, just like that heavy flow, just of thing, like, you know. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I'm not going to stand up because I knew that if I stood up, it the was flag, just going to like floodgates
1: will open.
2: Yes, yes. It was like the tap will be open. So I just sat there. And then the meeting was over and I made sure that, the oh, you know, all the men left and then. Um, also the ladies are gone, like two of the ladies are gone. And then there's this, this lady, but like, she's a friend, she's a really good friend. And, and then I just told her, uh, you know what, if I'm standing up now, I'm going to be standing in a pool of blood. Wow, she goes,
1: that's, that's huge.
2: I know. And then wow. she goes, all right, all right, brother, don't panic. That's what she told me. Don't panic. It'll be okay. She went, she made sure that like all the doors were locked, that no one could come in. Uh, but then um, she told her friend about it, the one that was sitting at the table with us. And then the the lady that was sitting at the table with us, she goes, no worries, I'll go to the shop and buy pads now. So she went to the shop um, across the road and bought some pads for me. Um, and the, the one that was um, assisting me told me there's a, there's a bathroom here, you just go in and, you know. You know, clean yourself up. Um, so I went to the bathroom and and uh clean myself up, and you know what she did, she even helped me to clean the place up. That is like something that I will never forget. I it's bet, like,
1: yeah, wow, and
2: yes, yeah, like every time, <clears throat> like every time I think about it, it's like, um, I owe this friend, it's like, I owe. I owe this friend. She was there for me. The other girl, she was like, you know, she, she was there for me when I when I had that. You know, after that, they never spoke about it. They never mentioned it. And I was like, wow, this is a this is the spirit of sisterhood. Like, you know, how many more women out there who could do the same for other women when they're going through this situation? And for me, like I'll remain grateful the rest of my life for what these um, young ladies did to me when I was going through that.
1: Anne was experiencing symptoms of perimenopause. We'll get into what that is soon. But while Anne was going through this difficult time, those two women supported her, cared for her, and most importantly, they protected her dignity. This is the spirit in which I want to continue this episode. We are going to talk about things we don't usually speak about openly, in the hopes of empowering you with knowledge, preparing you for changes your body is going through or will inevitably go through, and facing those changes without shame. I'm Hilda Wayne. Sisters, let's talk about menopause and everything that can happen to us in the lead up to it. Perimenopause. Menopause. In my language, there isn't even a word for this. So it is no surprise we don't discuss it.
2: It's a topic that uh, is quite a sensitive topic. Um, Sensitive, I mean... Traditionally sensitive, uh, because we have our taboos. You know, we have our uh, island taboos. A lot of us come from, you know, come from the villages and communities that we're bind. We're uh, you, you know we're binded to our structures. we our village structures. We're binded to our our taboos. Like in Vanuatu say we're binding to our nasaras. Nasaras is like the the clan councils or the village councils. And the village councils and clan councils, we have these taboos or traditional ways of doing things. And so talking openly about menopause or any um, sexual reproductive health rights matters is
1: quite sensitive. And Pakowa, who you heard at the start, is a human rights activist. She's also the CEO of Anne's Christian Community Health School and Nursing Services, as well as the founder of Two Young Women for Change. She says often Pacific women just don't think menopause is an important topic. They don't
2: think this is this is a life-based issue, where you would need to talk about it to raise awareness, but also to educate the younger and older generation about menopause. And because of um, people seeing it as not a subject of importance, then they don't make that attempt to make sure that, um, you know, they bring in people to talk about it. So I think it's just that people don't take it as a subject of importance to talk about it. That is my observation.
1: And I have to admit, when we talked about doing an episode on perimenopause and menopause, I didn't think it was an important topic either. We have so much else going on in our lives to worry about. Um, Why is it important to discuss menopause and the the lead up to it?
2: Well, it's important today because uh, menopause affects how women position themselves. It affects how women carry themselves daily. And women, women's responsibilities are huge. You know, women's responsibilities are cross-cutting. They have the roles and responsibilities to play at home as grandmothers, as wives, as aunties, as daughters, as professionals, as members of uh, an organizational team. So there's a lot of responsibilities that women play in whatever circle they're in or whatever working or non-working platforms they're in. So menopause affects women mentally, socially, and economically. And therefore, when women are affected by menopause, And they start having those signs and symptoms, like, for example, one of the signs and symptoms of menopause is, um, you know, um, not the change of characters, but they do have, like, uh, frequent emotions, you know, emotions, like, they'll they'll be happy this hour, the next hour, they'll be, like, crazy, they'll be frustrated, they'll be, you know, throwing things around, they'll so it's important that women really need to understand themselves and be prepared because when you look at it it'll be it it will affect it will affect the women's role if they're leading an organization and everybody everybody's in the organization is dependent on them and the decisions they will have to make today. day so if a woman is throwing phantoms because she's having that menopause then um, she will need to know what to do. And if not careful, she will scare the staff. Uh, the, sca- the staff will be scared of her. There will um, you know, be a lot of conflict at the workplace. Um, and that happens at home as well. If the woman is, um, is being emotional and, and the husband doesn't understand, then it will also affect their relationships as well. It will also affect her relationship with her her fellow women, her children, her other community members. So that's why it's very important that we talk about menopause openly. It should become a public matter of discussion, and we should not be ashamed to talk about it because this is life.
1: And and I, I must admit, I also think that, you know, um, I'm just not really uh, kind of well-versed with this topic because I look at other topics and I see that as something that, you know, I'll deal with it when I come to it, but it is, like you say, it's important.
0: This is Sisters Let's Talk with Hilda Wayne.
1: Menopause can also be brought on early as a result of some cancer treatments, but no matter how far off you are or think you are, from this phase of life, Anne says if you miss out on this information, you are missing out on a fundamental right to knowledge. Anne mentioned some symptoms of perimenopause. But let's get into what it actually is and what happens when you go through it. Dr. Linda Sirigo has a special interest in women's health and she's based in Port Moresby.
0: Well, I'm in menopause. I have had a hysterectomy, so I reached menopause quite earlier in my life and so I have a lot of other than self-interest in this topic (laughs) it's something that like I'm looking towards also doing a lot of um, online um, advocacy and training and all of that in that so yeah definitely something that I'm very, very interested in doing.
1: Let's start with the basics what is perimenopause?
0: Okay, so perimenopause, as the name suggests, means around menopause. So basically, it refers to the time where the you know, woman's body makes that natural transition to menopause.
1: Menopause being when your periods stop for good, marking the end of reproduction. But the two are different.
0: Yes, I think that's that confusion that women have with menopause perimenopause and menopause. So I think a lot of women are more aware of menopause and think the symptoms that they have are actually menopause when really it is perimenopause. So um, this transition can take from around four years from in you know, a woman's life where may vary like a few months to even up to ten years. So it's more likely to occur in women in their forties or mid forties and they give an average age of forty seven years. Or it can much you know, start much later in some women as well.
1: Up to a decade. That is a long time. Doctor Linda Sirigo says during this period our hormones are changing significantly. Estrogen
0: and progesterone, these are the female hormones that control the normal pattern of your menstrual cycle normally. So what happens in perimenopause, because these hormones start to decline, your hormone levels are all out of sync or all whacked. So this then you get this imbalance of um, hormones, and so this then also affects your period. So this would probably be one of the first signs that women would notice is their periods are um, irregular. Or they may not see their periods. They may have issues such as um, spotting, um, or even some women experience a lot, you know, heavier periods than normal, and this may be prolonged. So in these situations, if a woman notices that her period is a lot heavier and longer than, let's say, you know, three weeks or more, it just doesn't seem normal, I would encourage women then to, you know. Seek help, either see their doctor or go
1: and seek um, a health a, a professional's advice. And this imbalance of hormones can cause a wide range of symptoms. Most
0: women, commonly, I think we all talk about the hot flushes or the hot flashes. One of the most common uh, perimenopausal um, symptoms. So it's when women can be just having. Um, Feeling of heat and warmth, you know, in the chest, the face, which can sometimes last, you know, for a f- few minutes. And this can occur every day or, you know, on um, s- certain days of the week. And that's one of the most common um, symptoms. They may also have night sweats, waking up feeling all drenched in their night clothes or the linen. Having to change, or some women is just like throwing the sheets on and off, on and off, you know, throughout the night. And obviously, this affecting their sleep. So that also, you know, um, worsens the problem of um, disturbed sleeps. They may have um, mood changes, you know, anxiety, become more irritable. Um, and then even like headaches, if you're somebody who suffers from migraines or headaches you may find that that may get worse during this time because of the hormonal fluctuation and then also aggravated by the lack of sleep some women may um, have a lot of fuzziness, find it difficult to concentrate it's often um, described as um, brain fog and um, Yeah, so, you know, you can see there's already a long list of um, symptoms that women are going to
1: go through. Dr. Sirigo says it can also include painful and uncomfortable sex. And for so long, she says women have suffered all the symptoms in silence and have accepted this as a natural part of life, dealing with the changes without saying a word. But she says that doesn't have to be the case. Yeah, so I guess
0: the treatment is focused on um, dealing with the hormone imbalance, which is the cause of the symptoms that um, women experience. And so we talk about, you know, the hormone replacement therapy.
1: As the name suggests, this treatment involves taking the medication that replaces the hormones your body stops making during the lead-up to menopause.
0: I think in the past that has been something that has been not too popular because of, you know, certain studies or information that had been put out with regards to risks of taking HRT. But I think now with time and because women are more, you know, we're talking about this, there's a lot more research for those who do have access to, um, you know, HRT are more willing to take, and then I think it's more encouraged. Women are encouraged to take this even before menopause.
1: But there are ways to manage with lifestyle changes too.
0: Yes, I think generally, and it just comes again down to the um, concepts or the um, lifestyle of just general overall health of women. And that would be like, you know, eating well, eating. Um, uh, a lot of you know fruit, vegetables, protein, being um physically active, so getting regular physical activity, getting adequate sleep, you know, so make sure you're resting, hydration, fasting is something new that I think, you know, more recently has become a trend, intermittent fasting, and a lot of them seeing the benefits of that in um perimenopause and menopausal, especially related to um, weight loss, which is also one of the f- symptoms we get in uh, perimenopausal. But not just that, it's, you know, we know that fasting can help to um, help to balance out the hormones. And so it has very good um, uh, benefits, a good tool to use, a natural tool to use in um, dealing with menopause and perimenopausal. And then other than that, there are, you know, um, some natural um, remedies that have been used in the past. Those those can be used. I guess it really depends on what's available for women. I know like in Papua New Guinea, we don't have a lot of the um, HRT, you know, available. And it's not something that's routinely, you know, prescribed to women. So a lot of it I would like, would encourage women to, you know, just take care of their health, avoid smoking, alcohol, you know, those sort of things. Some even, you know, suggest reducing caffeine, triggers that could aggravate symptoms of perimenopause.
1: Perimenopause symptoms won't stop overnight. Dr. Sirigo says it's a gradual decline of hormones until your periods stop altogether.
0: But I think once you get to uh, menopause, that's when the egg is no longer released. So basically, the definition of menopause is not having a period for um, at least 12 months. So once you no longer have um, a period for 12 months, you're basically then now in menopause. I think at some stage, uh, for women, they're able to, um, I think is understanding that And understanding that process and accepting that and having to, having to deal with it, but also getting the, um, the help that you need so that you don't need to, you know, suffer while it's a natural process. It doesn't mean that you need to suffer or have to, you know, have a hard time just because it's a natural process. I think you can enjoy that, that, that phase in life, you know, and get the help that you need if you do need the help. Sisters, we deserve that.
1: You're listening to Sisters Let's Talk on ABC
3: Radio Australia.
1: So, once you understand the process ourselves, how do we ensure the networks around us are supportive? Our families, our workplace, our men. Tongan broadcaster Lucia Petolo is the host of the Rush Drive show on Nui FM in Aotearoa, New Zealand. She is in her 30s, but that didn't stop her from successfully campaigning for her employer, Pacific Media Network, to introduce leave for menopause and menstruation, understanding that her office was made up of women of all ages.
3: I think it means today the same thing it still meant when it got approved in 2022. It means that when, you know, as a woman, things are happening to your body because of our... Reproductive system and all of that. Um, that means that they can actually take a day off work without having to access sickly, without having to feel guilty or shame or feeling any kind of negative tone, really, to having to take a day off because they need a breather just because, you know, we can't help the things that happen to our bodies as women. <laughs> On top of the one of the effects that we've, um, or impact, sorry, we've had with this menstrual menopause leave is that it allows us as women to just like look after ourselves better I think for our women in our in our PMN office it's been more than just well we have actual period leave now because there's freedom there knowing very well that we can take time off we're able to actually really look at our overall well-being a little bit more than what it was before
1: CSS, a big part of the process, involved normalising conversations with others, including a male co-host.
3: And I think the beautiful thing for me is that my co-host Henry has such an open mind and he was part of the whole menstrual menopause um, fight that we had to get this particular leave. Um, To have a male that's understanding and is open and to do so on air and shows that he cares and will learn alongside the rest of us, um, whatever we have to share about it. I think that just helps peel back layers, especially for people that find it very, what's the word, I guess, hard to even, you know, be able to, the, the idea of talking or hearing about that subject um, out loud. Because I know for our show, I've learned that over time, there's quite a few like businesses, especially takeaways that play that play the station. And I think even that alone, to have people jam our station and then, you know, to hear us be able to talk about menopause and um, menstrual and even just using the word period. Like I know for some people, when they hear the word period, it makes them feel like, Oh, like, no, I don't want to talk about that. But again, normalizing it just by talking and being relatable, I guess, to people. Um, Cause even I have my own journey with, you know, as every woman does with, with menstrual. And I think, just trying to be a little bit more sharing about that because there's still parts of that that I still get quite like shouted about and I get too scared to share, but having the platform and being able to to just talk about it and normalize it. And yeah, and I, I, I think that's one, one thing I find with social media is that you've got to be able to be relatable to other people. Otherwise people just don't care what you have to say or like, you know, they can't find some sort of connection into the message that you're trying to share. See hopes other workplaces
1: can adopt the menstrual and menopause leave policy she fought hard to get.
3: I think that alone is just a starter. I know for some people that's like a huge thing, but now that we've got the policy, to be honest, looking back, I'm like, man, that was a small part of the battle to where we are now as a company where, you know, I can freely walk in with a trolley full of pads and the boys don't flinch. <laughs> um, you know i it was funny one of the one of our other workers he who's non pacific, and um I randomly without even thinking about it, we kind of just started talking about periods while he was on the room, and I said, "Oh, sorry, I was like, I didn't even realize you were here, and then you know again, those conversations naturally happening as an impact of the policy, so I think it would be cool to see other businesses, I guess just be able to to acknowledge that. It's there. It's never going to not be there so long as there are women in their company. Um, and I know for a lot of Pacific companies, even here in, in New Zealand, majority of the staff members are female. So if there's there's a way that they can just acknowledge and show, like, they're aware these things happen, but not to have a stigma attached to it or the taboo attached to it, that alone makes a big difference just for, for I mean, and even in humans in general, you know, when we feel like there's no stigma, or there's no judgment, we feel a little bit more free. We feel a little bit more in control and that we know that we'll be okay. And so I hope that's kind of where it goes for a lot of places because still waiting for another workplace to say that they've got menstrual leave now, but it hasn't happened yet. So fingers crossed. <laughs> this is not a
1: topic anyone has to shy away from and end Pakoa as a parting message for the men in our lives.
2: If you really want to if you really want to keep your marriage or your relationship then you really need to understand your wife. You really need to understand what your wife is going through because not every woman will start seeing their menopause at the age of 50 or 60. Some women start menopause even at the age of 30s. You need to prepare to stand beside her and support her all the way through. Because yes, there are solutions to menopause there are solutions to making sure that that sex life is still pleasant you know when you want it and when you need it so there's always healthcare workers out there and I and I know that uh, maybe a lot of you will be too ashamed maybe you'll be too scared to speak to your doctor or your tp about it or your nurse about it or even google it um this is life This is life because if you have children, this is where your children came from. So it, it, it should not be a matter of secrecy. We need to talk about it more openly. This is Sisters Let's Talk
0: with Hilda Wayne.
1: The amazing women that have come on the program today. And Pacoa, Dr. Linda Sirigoy, and Lucia Petolo have contributed so much to ensuring there is a safe place to speak about these things and assuring us that we don't have to face these huge changes alone. We can face them together and help each other through by sharing knowledge, experience and empathy. And just like the women did in Anne's office, we can protect one another's dignity. Thank you so much to all of them. And thank you for joining me, Hilda Wayne, for Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia. If you've missed an episode of the show, catch up on our podcast. In the Pacific, just search for Sisters Let's Talk, where we get your podcasts. If you've got a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message anytime at the ABC Radio Australia Facebook page or email Sisters at abc.net.au Next time on Sisters Let's Talk when you hear the word chief, you automatically think of a man Let's blow that stereotype out of the water Meet the women across the Pacific who hold this rank Just before I got married my, my father
0: who made who brought me a pig to kill uh, gave me my name because at that time I was the public prosecutor. That's how I got my title because of the decision making that I was making as a prosecutor um, in different parts of Vanuatu going through on different islands and carrying out that role to prosecute offences to them and to the men is
1: not easy being a woman. That's next time on Sisters Let's Talk. Sisters Let's Talk is an ABC Radio Australia production presented by me, Hilda Wayne. Our producer is Alice Matthews. Supervising producer is Kim Lester and Falianga Fulu, Inga Stunsna, is our executive producer. Sisters Let's Talk is created on Wiradjuri, Nanawal, Nambry, Yagura, Turbul, and Dharanbol Country and we pay our respects to elders past and present. Emtasol na Nabungimu next time.